Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. The Bible isn't the story of what happened. It's the story of what always happens. Society is attempting to redefine right and wrong. God's people are being faced with the decision. Do I bow in fear or stand for truth? It might look like it's dark. It might look like it's impossible. But I say I serve a God who deals in the impossible. Nothing is too hard for him. At his words, demons tremble. The pastors already think I'm crazy, so I don't have anything to prove to anyone anymore. The doctors told you you'd always be on medication. The surgeons told you there's no procedure. You need a physical healing in your body, but I want to give you the healer, not just the healing. This is about the gospel. The reality of God should change everything about our life and the world around us. There were moments where I would cry, and I'd say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? The power went off, and about seven people ran forward with knives. When I was making all these TikTok videos, no one had any idea that I almost lost my life. I thought this is legit. Is it legit? What are we going to even do? Our nation and the nations are in revival right now, and what we do is really important. We can, like, quench this thing out really quickly. I'm putting on the boxing gloves, and I'm going out and going to war against every unclean spirit. Devil, you might have power, but I've been given all power. You are empowered by Jesus Christ. We've worked with close to 5,000 churches. Pastor Mike, you are the fastest growing church in America. God is literally doing something here that we have never seen happen before. God preserves a remnant to bring a revival. We need the glory of the King. I will pay whatever cost I have to pay because I will not give that which costs me nothing. Well, hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am so honored to have with me Pastor Mike Signorelli. Hello, Mike. Heidi, this is going to be a crazy conversation. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited for the listeners to go on this journey with us. Yeah, so you are the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in the United States. Is that correct? V1, yeah, for, V1 Church. Yeah, for better or for worse. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, everything that comes with it. And I'm based out of New York City, which, as many of you guys know, is uh, not a not the Bible Belt. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. And you really blew up during COVID and started doing lives. And really just people were finding you, but really kind of through the Holy Spirit. And 
and revivals like breaking out and wasn't even what you were trying to do. Yeah, well, we hit fastest growing church in America for three years in a row before the pandemic. Mm. But I was just like a regional church. We were here in New York City. And then when the pandemic happened, obviously, we don't own our buildings. But if there's a big donor out there that wants to buy me buildings in New York City, please uh, reach out. And so we (laughs) physically had to close our doors because, you know, we didn't have a choice. And so I was super depressed. And my wife was actually like, Mike, you just need to go online and do what you do in real life on the Internet. And I'm like, Julie, I don't want to be one of those Christian social media influencers. They're so (laughs) they want all this attention. And my wife's like. I know, but that's why it will work because you're not one of those guys. Just do what you do. So I put the phone to my face, went on Facebook Live, started uh, streaming, and then just started going viral like on a daily basis. So it was insane. And then then that sort of transformed us into a national church because then people all across the United States were like, I'd go to church if you were my pastor and we did what we're doing online. And so then campuses started popping up and here we are post pandemic. Oh my goodness. This is just a natural outflow of being hungry and loving God. Like, I mean, that's, and so I'm ha- like, you actually produced a movie though. So I really want to talk about this movie and cause it's going to be coming out October 23rd, one day. And I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about the movie first, and then yeah. we can get into like your testimony and a lot of really fun stuff that I know you have to share. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, so here's the thing. This is crazy. Like 15 years ago, my marriage was on the rocks. Like I, I we thought we were going to divorce. We were separated. My dad had just died. I mean, I yeah. was going through all kinds of stuff and it was a really dark time. What was funny is, and again, this is like a decade and a half ago, and I'm walking into a grocery store and a man stops me in the parking lot. And he's like, sir, you know, I, I've got to give you this prophetic word. I, you know, and it, he basically, and I, which was, you know, I, now this is in Indiana where there's like a, a large concentration of Christians, by the way. So this was not in New York City. Yeah. And this guy uh, begins to prophesy over me and he's like, I see you being known for film. I see you doing movies. At the time, I didn't even own a camera. I had no idea. I literally thought he was just some psychopathic, prophetic Christian that was yeah. annoying. <laughs> and so I come home from the grocery store I'm like, and I tell my wife, I'm like, yeah, this guy prophesied I'll be known for film. And my wife's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're not even living right, you know, right now. Oh. Like, God's going to use you. In a yes. All these years later, yeah. after reconciling, going through two years of marriage counseling ourselves, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting back into ministry, launching the church, and now we have a national movie coming out. And so that that crazy guy in the parking lot, if you're listening right now, you were right. You heard from God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, come on. Yeah. So it's crazy. So yeah, what happened was with the movie is I got, I was in a movie called Come Out in Jesus Name that was uh, produced and directed by Greg Locke. And it was about deliverance and casting out demons. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so I was in that film sort of as like a talking head expert, I guess. And yes. I found through the grapevine that there were people in the movie industry that watch my sermons every week. And that's, and so when I heard that, I felt like the Lord told me, reach out and ask them if you can do a movie. And so what nobody knew is that pre-pandemic, I started filming like cinematic 
And I thought I was going to do like a do-it-yourself documentary because here in New York, it's just unheard of to launch a church and and to get multiple locations as fast as we did and Hindus and Muslims and agnostics and atheists all accepting Christ. So I thought I was going to make kind of like a do-it-yourself documentary. And then the pandemic hit, which kind of was a confirmation. And I, and then I went on this big revival uh, tour called the Domino Revival. And then post-pandemic, I saw more revivals happening. And so I was like, that's what the movie's going to be. It's going to be called the Domino Revival. I want to show America Mm -hmm. medically verifiable miracles, prophecies that were fulfilled. I want to show them people getting saved, whole families accepting Christ. Mm -hmm. And as I begin to film that, I'm like, this is the movie. So long story short, I put, got a meeting with people in the industry. They were like, yes, you need to do this film. And then the rest is history. Now, now October 24th, across all of America, this movie's going to, going to debut. So good. Yeah. And it was outstanding. I was in tears watching it. It is absolutely amazing. And I, I have to say probably the, the most impactful statement that you made in the movie to me was when you talked about yourself as a young boy and really just being on fire for God. And you were like, well, you know, I don't know if other pastors are happy with me, but I'm going to just go set the captives free through Jesus Christ. Like you just had this like love for God and love for what he says. And we can get so caught up in the other things. And so I would love it if you could share a little bit at the beginning of your testimony and how you're even preaching today. Yeah. Yeah. I have a crazy testimony. And, you know, listen, there's people right now that they want, they desperately want to believe that God is supernatural and that he does these things. But, you know, we live in a very, in America, we live in a very natural minded society. You know, we, it's like, we've deleted God from the public school system. You know, we've really embraced the secular humanistic worldview that tells us that, you know, maybe God exists, but it's kind of like, you know, the Albert Einstein perspective or deism where, you know, he created everything, but he's not intimately involved with our lives. He just stepped back. And a lot of people, you know, are either atheists or agnostic where they say, I can neither uh, confirm nor deny the existence of God. And then the people that do believe in God are like, I don't know if he cares about my life. And so sometimes when I tell these stories, it's uh, a encouragement to people, but then sometimes it actually challenges their own beliefs. And it challenges to be like, is this, could this really be true? Um, And so for me, my story was that I was sort of raised in church. I'll give the quick version. I, but I was also raised in a family full of trauma, a lot of abuse. Uh, My mother was the victim of domestic violence. She was married multiple times. And so when I would go to church, I really didn't feel anything and it didn't resonate with me, but I also have always been an avid reader. And so I started to read the Bible from cover to cover as a kid, literally as a kid, like elementary school age. And I would graduate Bibles. My mom started with like basic children's Bible. And then I'd be like, okay, I finished it. I want another one, Wow! which was crazy. Now I know there was something spiritual happening. It was supernatural. So by the time I was 15 years old, I'm reading the Bible all the way through again. And I got to the part in Acts chapter two, where Peter steps up and he's just newly baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he preaches this message with boldness and thousands get added to the kingdom right in a day. And I remember thinking like, 
it was like, and I'm, I'm a teenager now. So I'm starting to understand like adult stuff. And I'm like, wait a second, this guy's an idiot. That, that was like <laughs> Peter. And I, my mind is like referencing this guy got rebuked yeah. by Christ multiple yeah. times. And, you know, he never really could figure it out. Every single time Jesus said something, he gave the wrong answer. And it was mm -hmm. like, he would, I'm, and he denied him three times, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, Pete, I'm like, why this guy? Like, he seems to be like the dude I wouldn't pick for that moment. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. That's the point. It's things started making sense. That's the gospel. Mm -hmm. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He uses the least, excuse me, the least likely. And so I was like, it started making sense. So yeah. I sat on the edge of my bed and I, I just prayed this simple prayer. I said, God, if you could uh, use me like Peter, you know, like God, if you could do this, do this with me. And I just had a personal Pentecost. I mean, I was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. I started speaking in other tongues, other languages. Thankfully, I, you know, I didn't have a cessationist pastor to tell me God doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't experience the Holy Spirit in a church. I experienced him in my room all uh -huh. alone. And there was like this rumbling. I mean, it it was this powerful experience. I felt this wind. And I, it was so strong that I got up and physically closed my window because my window was open and realized it was not a physical wind. Yeah. And I, it was now the thing is I was introverted. I was super shy. I still, my default mode is still introversion. You know, yeah. that's still yeah. <laughs> my default mode. And people see me preach on stages to thousands of people and don't realize I'd rather be in a room alone with a book. Yeah. But um, my point is immediately after that, uh, I realized my life has changed forever, but I didn't want to tell anybody because mm. I had this whole persona as like Mike, the introvert. Mm. And then it was a couple of weeks later, I walked out of my local church after services were over and this woman came walking down the street. And when she saw me, it was like, she did a double take, like, and it, it was almost like a shock, like, and she basically just pointed her finger at me and was like, I've never met you in real life, but I saw you in a dream I just had. And you preached at my church and revival broke out. And it, it it scared me. I think most people <laughs> listening right now, if they had experience like that, they'd be like, there is a God, you know, like my yeah. life is destined for something greater. I actually was mm -hmm. so freaked out by it. Yeah. I was like, my exact words back to this mm -hmm. lady were, woman, leave me alone. Like I, I literally said, you're crazy. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But I knew something that whatever happened in my room was mm -hmm. coming for me. So long story short, this woman persisted. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. I'd love to be reunited with her one day. I don't even yeah. know if she's still alive. This was yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. But um, she basically just kept going back to my church every Sunday after services were over and asking me to do this. And my mom kind of got involved. My pastor got involved. And one day they just took me in the office and they just said, my pastor was like, Mike, you know, you've been telling her no every week. Just tell this woman you can't do it. Tell her you won't do it. And when he said that, I the only way I can explain it is like my spirit spoke faster than my flesh. Yes. I said, yeah, I'll do it. I almost got like angry while I heard him say, tell him you can't do it. Wow. I, I basically went to the a church a couple, about a month later, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. You know, I was a teenager at the time. I was 15 turning 16 when this all happened. And uh, so I showed up to the church. I, I was wearing a suit that I didn't even own. I had to borrow it. You know, I, so I get up there. Yeah, it was crazy. Like the first 30 <laughs> seconds of my sermon were 
I was stuttering. I was nervous. I was sweating. And all of a sudden, like a bolt of lightning hit me. It gets me emotional every time I tell this story because I know I couldn't preach. I did not have the physical ability to do it. And then the Holy Spirit just empowered me and I just started preaching mm-hmm. and, um, and that woman's dream was fulfilled. So that's like my origin story. I don't, I never no it, in a lot of ways, no human being ever acknowledged I could do it. You know, it was like, I didn't mm-hmm. have, I didn't have the support of people like, yeah, Mike, you can do this. It was yeah. literally like the Lord being like, you can do it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and I feel like this is this is a word for the mic, the little mics in the world. Yeah. You know, like struggling with depression, struggling with anxiety, struggling with social, you know, yeah. like I don't want to be around people and just kind of all these lies that show up in our head that, you know, we're they're not in anybody. You know, I'd rather be alone. And it's like, no, God can use you. And that's who he is using. That's who he wants to use. He just needs your yes. Yeah. Well, I mean. Think about it. Every I had multiple abusive stepdads, oh. physical, emotional abuse. So I think some of it was natural introversion, but I also yeah. think some of it was abuse where trauma. Like, yeah. Yeah. Trauma. Like if every time you engage with a dog, it bites you, you're right. not gonna like dogs. No, so every absolutely. time I engage with an adult, they hurt yeah. me. So yeah. I'm like, I don't want to engage with you. I'm safe when I'm alone. Right. And so um, and so I'm really the least likely to be getting up in front of people yeah. and, and boldly preaching. But but you know, the Holy Spirit can do something on the inside of you yeah. and transform you, you know. Yeah. So I I would love to if you could share about how just the movement of this movie and the movement of where you feel like the Holy Spirit is just like literally taken over and just where deliverance is break, breaking out. And if you could, I'd love to kind of share, cause I'm a therapist. Okay. So when I found out about the power of the Holy spirit, I immediately was like, why aren't we all doing this? Like, why, <laughs> yeah. why are we limiting what God can do? Especially when people come into my office, it's like this little compartmentalized, like, Oh, I can't do that. Or I can't say that when really God can do so many things that we can't do. And I just think there's so many churches and people, even people like me, that we limit what God can do. And I love what your movie is saying, that God is bigger than we could ever imagine. And so could you talk about how deliverance just started happening? Like how how that moved? Because again, that is also the Holy Spirit. That wasn't Mike saying, you know, okay, let's go do this. And I want to be famous. Like that was not at all what it was. Yeah. I definitely don't want to be famous. I, uh, it's awkward. <laughs> I get, I, you know, you know, um, it's so crazy. Well, I'm like an armchair scientist. Like I'm a fake, you know, a fake philosopher. I love, I, so I, love I have a very atheistic <laughs> mind. So like, I love reading reports and science and stuff. So like, even yeah. in my church, I present you know, data and, and research and Hey, look at this study about intercessory prayer and the effects of it. And I love, I think, you know, science can confirm the supernatural so many ways. I use use my influence to show people some really dramatic evidence. Matter of fact, my church is filled with medical professionals and who are all believers. And, and so we believe, you know, Luke was a physician. Yes. Yes. even gave a medicinal prescription to Timothy, like, Hey, you're having stomach issues in our drink a little bit of wine for your stomach. It's medicinal. So it's like, you see that in scripture there, you know, I always say I'm super practical and supernatural. And I, I, 
I think good. the Lord entrusts me with the supernatural because we don't, uh, delete out, you know, we don't delete that's out. Good. One, you that's know what I mean? Good. I just did 60 minutes of cardio before this interview. I'm not going to be like, <laughs> oh, just supernaturally. Right. You know, uh, it's do like there's stewardship. Yeah. And that's good. The supernatural. I just try to bring it all together, which I love. So I good. love that about your life and what you stand for as well. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Deliverance. I started doing deliverance in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, you know, know it was called deliverance. I, you know, we used to wear these bracelets that said WWJD. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus cast out demons. So what yeah. would Jesus do? He would cast demons yeah. out. I mean, like yeah. to me, that was normal. And uh, I didn't realize that the American church doesn't do everything Jesus does. <laughs> so like, you know, like you want to get yourself in trouble in America, actually do everything Jesus did. That is, that is so backwards to me though. Like we yeah. all should be doing what Jesus did. Well, well, a lot of Christians don't understand that statistically the American church uh, or Christians in America only comprised like 10% of all Christians globally. So wow. a lot, like, sometimes we live our whole life in like this little one tenth of the whole kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. And so for me, luckily, I was raised in South Chicago. It was a very diverse, like culturally diverse region. Yes. And yeah. so I was able to see like, oh, people from other countries do witchcraft and voodoo and obia and they practice all kinds of stuff. And yep. then right now, modern day, we, you know, the, there's this new age movement. And mm-hmm. so uh, right now people are spiritual, but not religious. So they're right. seeking out like tarot card readings and Reiki healing practices and yes. all kinds of new age practices, which, you know, God is using that because it's opening up people's eyes to the spiritual realm. Yeah. But then they're saying, oh, I illegally accessed it. And now actually the things I was doing to help me, I realized my life is worse. So maybe it is Jesus. And so uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of how deliverance. So during the pandemic, mm-hmm. when I was going live, I remember I, I taught live for a couple of weeks and then I was like, okay, I woke up and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm reaching like thousands of people every day. Yeah. Lord, what do you want me to teach on? And I felt like the Holy spirit was like, teach them about demons, teach them about the wow. spiritual realm. So wow. that first broadcast be okay. This will help your listeners. <laughs> One of my definitions of purpose like, how do you discover your purpose? And there's all kinds of books written on it. Yes. I have a very simple formula because this is basically my life, my life's message. Do what the devil doesn't think you'll do. That's wow. your purpose. Like whatever the devil thinks, they won't do it. Do it. That's your. So for me, I'm an introvert. The devil doesn't think I'll get up in front of people and boldly declare the word of God. So uh, I, that if I did what the devil good. didn't think I would do, and it, wow. it changed my life. So, so okay, I'm this pastor. I have three locations in New York City, Long Island. I'm killing it by American church pastor standards. So I'm like, the devil doesn't think that I'll just ruin my whole reputation and go online and talk about demons. Cause you know, you don't hear about that in the American you don't. church. Right. And so I started teaching about demons. Well, at the conclusion of the first teaching, I was like, well, you know what, if you need freedom from demons, I'll uh, let's pray. And I'm just looking into a phone, which is weird for me. Cause I never had done this. Yeah. And I just start do, I just start casting demons out yeah. through the phone, which was super weird to me. 
And then all of a sudden, the comments by the thousands were literally like, I'm throwing up everywhere right now. What's happening to me? Uh, I'm shaking uncontrollably. What's happening? I started screaming. I'm in my dorm room. I'm in my kitchen. I'm in my living room. I'm One person said I had to pull over my car to the side of the street. I couldn't stop vomiting. And I'm reading these comments like, what in the world? Well, because I had seen that happen in real life yeah. for 20 right. years before. Right. But now I'm like, you can do this through the internet. That was kind of like a new next level for me. Mm. So that's the quickest version I can say of like how this all, how that started. <laughs> wow. And then your movie actually kind of goes into how this like portrayed and how it went from you going live and then really kind of coming together with some other like-minded people and then you traveling the country. I mean, you were even in California, you know, you're, you're mostly on the East coast, but you, so talk a little bit about the movie and kind of what your heart behind what you're hoping from the movie. Yeah. So for everybody listening right now, you know, there's a lot of family members that you have, including your children that may not want to go to church or may not go. Uh, you have coworkers that may not want to go to church, but they will go to a movie. And let me just tell you guys, this is not a dramatic reenactment. This is not the chosen. This is not the Jesus revolution. Although God's used those movies significantly. Yeah. I think part of it is like, oh, yeah, but this is Hollywood. These people are acting. Maybe it happened like that. Maybe it didn't. This is what I'm going to actually show in theaters is real. This is a documentary. Yeah. So I'm going to be showing real yeah. footage. And right. and so uh, when you get into the theater, you're going to see people actually get healed in real time. I also have a cast of characters that are from all over the U.S., some of them overseas that are doing similar things to show like, hey, this is not just a Mike Signorelli thing. God's doing this through other people. Like, for example, there's one guy named Shane Winnings who was a cop, like a local law enforcement. He decided like, man, the things I'm reading the Bible, if they're true, I'm going to do them. He's praying for this girl in a wheelchair in a park, and she literally gets healed, gets up out of the wheelchair in the middle of a park. So this guy's not a mega church pastor. He's not a celebrity yeah. minister. He's a local law enforcement, a cop. Yeah. Anyway, praying for this girl. She gets healed, gets out of the wheelchair. He follows up with her several months later, all the medical verifications that epilepsy, every condition she had undetectable, it's all completely gone. And she's still walking wheelchair. Come on. So it's like your friends and your family members hmm. are going to see this stuff. Not only that, but uh, because I'm also a very big mental health advocate and uh, believe in godly counselors, God, you know, godly therapists and so long story short, we have a whole section that shows me going across the country, canceling suicides yes. and asking people, will you come out of hiding? Yes. Will you, come out, will you come out? Cause there's a lot of people that secretly deal with that. And yes. as a local church pastor, I, unfortunately I've done way too many funerals for people who've committed suicide. And every single time their friends and family say, I never, I never saw this coming. Mm -hmm. They, they always say, they say the same thing. They right. just encouraged me. They just made me laugh. They just helped me. What? And mm -hmm. so it shows me going across the country, basically asking people, would you come out of this, this darkness, this hiding? And you see uh, kids workers, you know, the ministry, you know, people from the ministry, the, it's just crazy. Like past one at one location, it was the lead pastor's daughter. I mean, and so as we're dealing with suicides in the film, it, you know, this is like a, 
experience. It's not just a movie because right. at the end of the movie, so this is where it gets crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the movie industry people said, Mike, if we were able to, cause we have the technological capabilities to live stream you into uh -huh. every theater, it makes me want to cry every time. Oh I my gosh. Like if we give yeah. you an opportunity to live stream. So when the movie's over, you live stream in and we gave you like 25 minutes to have a service in the movie theaters, what would you do? And I mean, when I, my jaw dropped, cause I was like, are you kidding me? Like I, Absolutely. so it's not just a movie, but when the movie's over, I get up there and I'm just like, Hey, if you want to accept Christ, let's do it right now. If you want to actually cancel your suicide, let's do it yes. right now. If yes. you want to get free from drugs, let's do it right now. And it, I, I, this is going to be one of America's mm. largest simulcast services in the history of this country. October fourth. So I guess for those of you listening, this is like a Holy Ghost hijack because bring your friends and family and coworkers to yes. the theaters because as soon as the last the last scene of the movie hits, I'm gonna get up with my worship team and we're simulcasting a live service into the theater. And it's I mean, your friends, I mean, your whole family's gonna get saved. Your people are gonna get healed in their physical body like this. I don't think we've ever had anything like this happen in this country. No. I don't think I, so. I, yeah. And so, yeah. and I, so we just got to get the word out. Yes, <laughs> we, absolutely. And yeah. I, I apologize earlier. I said, October 23rd, it's the 24th and it's going to be one night only right now. So, and they yeah. can find it. It's going to be at all, all movie theaters. Or you have to go to fathom.com to find out. Yeah. So it's AMC, Cinemark yeah. and Regal. Okay. Uh, right now we have over a thousand theaters. And, and here's the thing though. And, you know, I, I'm not Brad Pitt, <laughs> so there's, I'm not Tom Cruise. So there's no, there's no, there's no um, guarantee that this movie will be successful. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that America can tell them to unlock more theaters and to keep this thing going is pre-sales. So okay. I just want to so, say yeah. this to everybody, yeah. like, yeah, you have to go to fathomevents.com. Yep. And you have to pre you have to purchase your ticket ahead of time. And mm -hmm. that shows them we need to we need to do more. And I know that a lot of people listening right now have never done that before, not even for your favorite movie. Right. Have you thought, but it's like you this time we have to. Yes. Because uh, there's yep. this, you know, this opportunity is like, I'm not a filmmaker, by the way. I'm a pastor. So I don't have the marketing budget of the Barbie movie or right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I would just say. This has got to be grassroots. Um, I actually have like literally single mothers mm -hmm. and it makes me so emotional who have been sending me messages being like, Pastor Mike, I took my savings and bought out an auditorium oh. because I believe in this and we're yeah. going to like our country yeah. change our city. So if yeah. you're listening now, like do whatever you can, but it's all about pre-sales right now yep. uh, to really unlock more theaters. Yep. Uh, and so there's a high likelihood anywhere people are listening right now that there is a theater that's open yep. close to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is so awesome. And just what you were saying about the single moms, like, I mean, that's, that's your mom, you know, like you experienced yeah. that. And even I loved what she, she was, cause she's featured in the movie. And I love how right. she talked about just the shame that she experienced and how free she is and how we can put so much judgment on other people and just kind of, you know, degrade people based on what we think we're supposed to be your look. And it's, it's just so off. It's not what Jesus thinks. And, you know, before I have you pray for our listeners, I, I would love if you could talk a little bit about 
how you step into this boldness, because I think we need, we just need, like, I feel like there's just a call to courage that many of us need to do Mm. where I feel like we care more about what people think instead of letting the Holy ghost lead, you know, like when they hear you, they're like, Oh, well, that sounds nice. You know, good for him that he had this experience, but I've never had a personal Pentecost or that's never happened to me. And, you know, my dad would totally make fun of me if I did this, or I would just get kicked off the team or whatever. I mean, there's so much fear that people have around really just stepping forward and courage and and like, for example, one of the things that I was thinking about that you did was you, when you called for to break off suicide, you actually called for everybody to come forward. And yeah. I don't think very many pastors would do that. They'd say, I, okay, so if you're in your seat and you're struggling with suicide, just in your heart, you know, just say, so. it's like, you're struggling with suicide. Like, get the heck up here. Let, yeah. Let's go. Like, take the steps for of obedience to come up front. And as I, as they all came up, I just saw them all looking at each other and there was so much compassion that they had for one another and they were not alone. There was so many that came forward. So what do you have to say for those of us who are Mm -hmm. struggling with that fear of man and caring what people think and not even knowing what the power of the Holy spirit. Yeah, that's so good. Well, rejection is redirection. And when you get rejected by people, it's just God's way of saying, I'm redirecting you. Some of you, wow. your own family members wouldn't write a check for your rent if you needed it or come help you move. Like yeah. sometimes we care about the opinion of people who don't even care about us. Yes. And one of the yeah. biggest blessings in my life is I experienced a lot of rejection and it drove me to the cross where yeah. I said, there's nobody else who cares. There's nobody that's coming to rescue me other than Jesus. And so uh-huh. I'm going to stand with him. And and just like, you know, even with the suicide thing, and I was thinking about this, like, let's, you know, there, I think a lot of the lie of suicide is this is the way to end the pain. This is the pain will finally end if I end my life. And that's the root of the lie. Right. And actually, no, it's the pain will end as yeah. soon as you step out of that darkness and hiddenness yes. and stop trying to be perfect. Matter of fact, even as a pastor, I tell people I am not perfect. I'm, I, you know, and, and matter like, I don't know how to make a movie, but I made a movie. Yeah. I don't know how to preach a sermon, but I got up at 15 and preached a sermon. And then you realize nobody knows what they're doing. They're yes. all Amen. You know, so it's Amen. like, you know what I mean? The experts yes. all disagree. One expert says this, this, and this. So why right. can't I be an expert? You know, so I think the kingdom, and this is the thing is like, and let me just tell for people listening, I still, to this day, I don't fit in, you know, like all the mega church pastors go to my Instagram, all the biggest church pastors in America, they follow me on Instagram, but none of them invite me to preach at their church. So they're all watching me. Mm. They all steal from me. Some of them even re-preach my sermons, mm. you know, and, and hit me up and, you know, hey, I, I I use some of this and this, but they don't endorse me because I don't fit in. And mm. my whole life I've never fit in. So it's like, but here's the thing. And this is what I love is that when I said, God, I'm going to do it anyway, I'm not going to operate out of a root of rejection. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, but what I'm going to do is, you know, I'm going to uh, rise up and then the people that God called me to, we're going to come together and we get each other. Mm-hmm. And and I can't tell you how many pastors, you know, yesterday I did an interview with this guy in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's a pastor of a pretty large church. He's been faithfully serving and he also has experienced a lot of rejection. And when yeah. we watched the movie trailer together, he just started weeping. 
Ugh. And he's like, on behalf of all the other pastors that have been ministering like you do and pre yes. preaching like you do, thank yes. you because we're going yes. mainstream with this thing. Yes. And he's just watching this guy weep. I was like, you know what? This guy's my tribe. This guy. So it's like, guess what? The people that you're worried about pleasing, that's just not your tribe. Those right. aren't your people. The, right. That's why Jesus said, the people who do the will of my father, that's mm -hmm. my family. Yes. That's like, so for yeah. me, it's like, I just had to walk in that. So I want to pray for everybody in a few moments that you would receive mm -hmm. that courage. Like you got to do you, mm -hmm. you know, you got to do what God's called you to do. And um, as you do that, you'll find that other people who are wired like you, they'll be joined to you. Mm, that's good. That's so good. Um, yeah. So I, what, what like ending thoughts would you say that you have about the movie, about what you're really, I mean, we know that we need to buy, buy out theaters, get yeah. pre-sale tickets. Um, what else do you want us to take from this movie? Yeah, I, I think I, sorry, I have a, a diverse cast of characters, men, women, black, white, Hispanic. I mean, you, you'll see all the different voices and there's going to be some people that don't connect with me. Oh, praise God. Mike's great. But I connect with this woman. Uh, or this. That's yeah. good. And so yeah. I think, you know, understand that with yeah. this film, you're going to get to see how God uses so many different type of people and through our frailty, through our, you know, through our own imperfections. And I think that could be one of the you know, the value of this film, in addition to all the freedom is just saying, okay, God, there's room for me. There's hmm. room for somebody with my pain. There's room for somebody with my past. Hmm. There's room for somebody with my failures. You know, this is kind of a behind the scenes, but my mother was a single mother. And I remember when I was a teenager, she was um, coming out of the season of being bedridden. She dealt with some health issues and she was kind of like get rehabilitating. And I remember hearing this pounding on the kitchen table from my bedroom and over and over this pounding. And I was like, what is going on? And I, as I walked across the house, I could hear my mom saying the phrase dream bigger, dream bigger. And she was hitting the table over and over dream bigger. Now we were in poverty, extreme poverty. She, oh, you know, it was like yeah. we had on the, in the natural and she was pounding the table, dream bigger, dream bigger. And when she was done, I'm like, mom, are you okay? And she looked at me and she was like, the Holy spirit was saying that so loudly to me. And I was trying to get myself to believe it. And when my mom said that, and I'm telling you, so in the movie, my mom's featured in the movie and at the, towards the end of the movie, she comes back on the screen. And when we were interviewing her, she looks at the camera and she's like, single mothers dream bigger. And man, oh, I lost it because I was like, I remember when she was trying to get herself to believe it. Mm -hmm. And now, and now when this movie comes out, she's about to repeat that phrase to all of America. Mm -hmm. And now her son has a national movie release in one of the fastest growing churches in America. So it's like that. That's what I'm saying. Like this movie mm -hmm. is going to straight up destroy some strongholds. I mean, this, yes. we brought the whole team together yes. and it's like yes. this arsenal is yes. weird. It's full frontal attack on the lies of the enemy. Yes. And I'm telling you, there are going to be people, You've ne there's going to be people standing up during the movie, shouting, crying, manifesting yes. demons. This thing yes. is, it's like I said, it's, mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever in America experienced this, but when my mom mm -hmm. said dream bigger, I said 25 years ago, mm -hmm. she was trying to get herself to believe it. And now she's about to prophesy it over all of America. America. So I don't know if that doesn't have somebody going to fathom events right now to get it. Absolutely. Ticket, oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Well, I would love it if you could pray for our listeners and I will make sure, yeah, at the end, I'll kind of put, I'll talk about the websites and how everybody can find it. But yeah, I would love if you could pray for us. Yeah. So I just want to release that word over somebody right now. Dream bigger, dream bigger, bigger than your past bigger than your region, bigger than where you were raised, bigger than what happened to you. You're more than your pain. You're more than your trauma. You're more than your physical limitations. God's about to open you up. And so I just declare that over your life right now. Father, I thank you for your love. Perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love. God, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I thank you for that, Lord. And and the dominoes are dropping. And somebody listening is going to be the next domino. They're going to say yes. I said yes, like my mom said yes, like the cast of the movie said yes. yes. And Lord, we thank you that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen. Thank you so much. So to get to get there, it's www.fathomevents.com backslash events backslash the dash domino dash revival. You can also go to the Fathom Events website and you can find it there. You can also go on YouTube and, and search domino revival trailer and you can search the trailer. I also have the trailer in, in this YouTube video as well. Um, Mike, I just want to thank you so much for being on and I want to thank you the same way that that pastor thanked you because you literally are representing what we should be doing in the church. Mm. And I actually pray for those other pastors who are following you because there's something in them that actually wants what you're doing. So I don't think they would be going and following you if there wasn't in them that something in them that actually wants that. So I pray that what you are doing goes across these other mega churches because they've reached thousands of people. They have a huge influence. And so I just pray that that goes across the mega churches that, that deliverance becomes normal, just like what you guys have been saying, that it becomes normal and it becomes normal in the counseling office too. <laughs> and that we don't, <laughs> we don't get sued for it. It's actually an ethical thing. It's like, this yeah. is a supportive thing. This is what you're supposed to be doing instead yeah. of you know, this wasn't okay. You shouldn't have been doing this when, okay, this is our faith. And the Bible right. says this is okay. And wow. oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, listen, I'm yeah. supporting you and and I'm so thankful for your life and your contribution to the kingdom. And I appreciate you giving me a chance to share with your audience. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.